Welcome once again to Advance, an NCEES podcast series. I'm your host, Davey McDowell, Chief Operating Officer at NCEES, and this is an episode you do not want to miss. Bart Miller is our guest today, and Bart is a true leader in his field. He's a professional engineer and senior principal at the national firm of Walter P. Moore. For the last five years, he has served as the firm's national sports market leader and recently took on a new role as managing director of their Denver Structures Group. His work focuses on leveraging the firm's vast experience and subject matter experts, employing state-of-the-art digital technologies, and demonstrating an intense personal commitment to their clients' design ambitions. He has received several industry honors, including 40 Under 40 by Building Design and Construction Magazine in 2010, Walter P. Moore's Javier F. Oliver Outstanding Young Engineering Award in 2009, and Sports Business Journal's Power Player in 2020. He holds a Master and Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering from Massachusetts Institute of Technology and Marquette University, respectively. He even played basketball while at Marquette. Thank you, Bart, for joining us today. I can't wait to dive into our conversation. So welcome, Bart, to our, our podcast. We'll kind of get us started, I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, both from a personal point of view and a professional point of view. Okay. My name is Bart Miller. Uh, I currently live in Denver, Colorado. We just opened about two years ago a new office for Walter P. Moore out in Denver. I'm originally from... Uh, right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Big basketball and sports fan all my life, which has really drew me to, drawn me to the, the career that I have now. Uh, Walter P. Moore is a multidisciplinary engineering firm that focuses on structural engineering, civil engineering, traffic and transportation, enclosure consulting, diagnostics, uh, which is forensics and maintenance and repair of structures. And Walter P. Moore really specializes and is, and is known nationally for our engineering of sports venues. So stadiums, arenas, uh, professional and collegiate training facilities. And so that's really where my, where my interests lie and how I ended up at Walter P. Moore, the opportunity to uh, combine two of my, my primary interests and passions, which is uh, sports along with uh, the math and science involved in the design of, of buildings, really drew me to this position and, and uh, into this role at the firm. I'm currently the national sports practice leader at Walter P. Moore, uh, which doesn't mean that I'm involved in every single project we do. We're way too big for that. The projects are way too big for that. But I do help to position our firm uh, to win those projects and to get the opportunity to, the, to deliver them with our uh, national architect clients across the country. Yeah, so when I was looking through, I guess, the, the website, the, the Walter P. Moore website, and I was reading a little bit about your background, and I was seeing the, the structures as it relates to, you know, stadiums, arenas, things like that. I, the first kind of question that popped in my mind was, were you a structural engineer that just happened to get involved in the, this industry or this part of the industry, or were you a spectator or, or a fan and sitting in a stadium or an arena and looking up and going, you know what, I could... I could put a top on this place and it could be really cool. It could open and retract and I could hang this massive jumbotron from here. Uh, and so you kind of answered it, but, uh, so I guess it's a, a little of both. Uh, yeah, a little of both, but I'd say I was a, I was a sports fan long before I was uh, an engineer. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the gym as a kid, as a, as a basketball player. My dad was a coach. I played for my dad in high school. I played 
college basketball at Marquette University. Um, so spent a lot of time in the gym, spent a lot of time in arenas across the country, um, and just spent a lot of time uh, going to baseball games and football games. Really, really, sports was was my passion growing up. Developed a, a comfort, a, film, a familiarity, uh, an affinity for math and science, and maybe that came from my parents. They were both high school math teachers, taught algebra and geometry, trigonometry or pre-calculus and then, and then calculus. And so again, the, the ability to combine those two really, really made sense. This, this role as a structural engineer designing sports facilities really made sense. So I, I ended up coming to Walter P. Moore out of grad school specifically because of their, because of the firm's um, experience and portfolio in big sports venues. Um, so it was uh, it was by design, certainly, but I was a sports fan first. Understand that I, I am as well. So um, and I'm so big sports fan. I am as well as uh, had my mother was a high school math teacher, too. So a lot of similarities there kind of taking us down that path. So I'm, I'm going to go along that. So math teacher background from parents, you think that's what to some extent kind of steered you towards civil engineering? I think that had something to do with it. Just, you know, not being not being afraid of the of the complicated math problems, not, uh, you know, being um, comfortable in that environment, having kind of spoken that language growing up. I think I got I got into buildings. I think uh, you know, when I was a kid, we went on these, you know, these long family road trips, you know, starting in Kentucky and driving across the entire country. And the two things that I remember most about all of those trips that I took with my family, number one was whenever you're coming up on a new city and you, you, you come over the hill or around the mountain and you see the skyline of a new city for the first time. That's something that always stuck with me, something that I always really enjoyed and I always really appreciated the size and the scale and, and, and the beauty of some of the tall buildings uh, in a new city that, uh, that I was seeing for the first time. Second thing that my dad always did is, is we would always stop at the local university or the local arena and just kind of sneak around looking for an unlocked door. And I always took a basketball everywhere that we went. And so anytime we found an unlocked door, we went inside and we shot some baskets until somebody kicked us out. Those are the two things that kind of stuck with me and kind of set me on a path toward engineering or towards architecture, probably, that, that kind of morphed into more of an engineering role um, and, into the, and into the career that I ultimately found. So I understand that kind of, uh, you know, that visual thing that just pops in your mind that can kind of spur you on uh, to do something, you know, just kind of force or, or kind of push you along a certain path in life. So it is kind of interesting. So I get the the sports part and I and where the engineering came from and then putting those two together sounds kind of interesting because I didn't really, I guess, realize that there were uh, engineering companies or uh, companies like um, Walter P. Moore that, that not necessarily specialize in that, but that that seems to be something that's right up your alley at, at, at work. Is that is it unusual for a company to specialize somewhere like, somewhat like that? You know, there's there's not a lot of firms out there that, that do exactly what we do, at least to the scale that we do it. Say there's Walter P. Moore and maybe two or three others that um, that really compete for these projects all over the country. Comparably, there's a handful of architects that do this kind of work and a handful of MEP engineers that do this kind of work and really a handful of big builders uh, that, spe that specialize in this kind of work. It just is a, it is a highly specialized building type. Uh, it's, a type that, it's a type of thing that you can't just pick up and do the first time. You, know, you kind of learn from each project and you build upon the experiences from, uh, from past projects. And uh, when, you, when you endeavor to, to build a new stadium or a new arena, you really want 
a team of experts on board who've done this kind of thing before, who are there to help you solve the problem. Um, and so um, that's part of what we appreciate about it. That's part of what I really appreciate about this type of work is our clients, the architects, their clients, the owners or the, the universities, uh, they understand that they, uh, that they need a, a true specialist for this kind of work and they appreciate the expertise that we bring. And so it's, it's a great feeling to be sort of acknowledged and appreciated for, for your expertise. Yes, yeah, so you mentioned something about projects. So I'll, I'll ask you a little bit. Do do you guys, uh, in terms of so first, um, do you do more stadiums, football, baseball, soccer, or more arenas, or is it just kind of it, it just depends? It's a little bit cyclical, and it depends on sort of trends in the economy and the uh, where the revenue is coming from. Um, you know, there was a time and when Major League Baseball was was building. Uh, quite a few stadiums right now. We may be on the verge of kind of an unprecedented building boom in the NFL. Over the last few years, the trend has been in multi-purpose arenas. And and that's really because uh, nearly every city, nearly every municipality at this point needs a, uh, needs a municipal arena that can host concerts, entertainment, conventions, graduations, those kinds of things. And And so we're doing a lot of buildings that are you know, maybe they're basketball or hockey first, but they're absolutely multi-purpose and being designed for concerts and, and conventions and other sorts of events. You know, it's it's an opportunity to drive revenue toward your city. Hosting large events drives revenue and, and, and you know, tax revenue, hotel rooms, restaurants, bars, et cetera, in addition to ticket sales to, uh, to small and mid-sized cities that didn't really have that ability before. So we've seen a lot of say 10 to maybe five to 10 or 12,000 seat venues pop up all over the country. We've done a lot of those lately, but we, you know, we kind of follow the trends. Like I said, there's a lot of activity in the NFL uh, right now. And in the next four or five years, you may see five or six new stadiums pop up. And we, you know, we want to be right in the middle of that for sure. So when you, when you think about the projects that you've been involved in, are any one, two of them just stand out as being, you know, I don't know, super neat or complex or things that when it was all said and done, you look back and you know, I was a part of that. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the first one that comes to mind is the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. And that was, that's the home of the University of Louisville uh, basketball team. It's also, like I said, a multi-purpose venue, hosted a lot of concerts, a lot of other types of events. Um, but that project opened in 2010 and that was really the first major sports project where I was managing the process, I really owned and was accountable for the delivery of that project from a structural engineering standpoint. So I was a, a young project manager who was taking on a task like this for the first time. So a huge, a huge opportunity for me, a huge responsibility for me, but something that, um, that I just really, really loved. On top of that, you know, I, was, I grew up in Brandenburg, Kentucky, so 30 miles from Louisville. I grew up a Louisville fan, University of Louisville fan growing up. So really a, a dream project for me on a number of levels. Probably the most challenging project I ever worked on was a just a major renovation, expansion, really a redevelopment of Kyle Field, which is the football stadium at Texas A&M. So the KFC Yum Center was arguably the best college basketball facility out there when it opened. I think Kyle Field was argu- arguably the best college football facility out there whenever it was renovated. And it was definitely the largest collegiate 
sports project ever executed in terms of size, in terms of complexity. And we did that um, with a you know, with a large team, of course, but we, we worked on that project and it was built over two off seasons. Um, so it wasn't just about designing the structure, it was about phasing and it was about uh, sequencing and it was about selective demolition and very careful strategic erection sequencing of, of, of structural steel and concrete components. It was an extremely complex project done on an almost impossibly fast schedule. And so for all those reasons, it's, I'm not sure it's a project that I enjoyed a lot while I was in it. Uh, but once it was over, it was it was one that I really, really appreciated all the work that went into it and the uh, kind of the relationships that came out of that project. Anyone who worked on Kyle Field, we all kind of share a special bond, I think. Um, even though we're now distributed across the country, I think we'll always have that. So Kyle Field is probably the most challenging project that, that I've ever worked on and one of the most challenging that we've, we've probably ever done as a firm. The most high-profile project that we're currently working on is the uh, Intuit Dome, probably, which is the new basketball arena for the Los Angeles Clippers out in Inglewood, California. And that's a, that's a great project as well. It's not only an 18,000-seat NBA arena. It's also a training facility. It's also sort of a corporate office building, and it is all enclosed. If you haven't seen it, you should, you should Google it. It's enclosed in this giant sort of egg-shaped uh, grid shell dome structure. Um, and we're designing all of that, and it's just, a, it's just a really amazing structure and something that is really unique to the, to the NBA and, and kind of unique uh, anywhere. Um, and so that's a, another project that is, that is really exciting, that is you know, really indicative of the kind of work that we do at Walter P. Moore and the kind of thing that I want to do in my career. Have you ever been to a football game at, at Texas A&M? I have, absolutely. We went for uh, opening day twice, opening day after phase one and then opening day after phase two. And it's a, it's just an amazing experience out there. It is an amazing experience. I've only been once, but uh, I can't imagine from an engineering and construction point of view, having to essentially stop work, you know, in, in around the August probably, and, and not getting to pick back up till January and then having to stop in maybe even earlier than that. And then, you know, take another four months off because you, can't not have football going on at A&M. That's right. That's right. So that was that was one of the biggest parts of the challenge. That's why the, you know, from start to finish both off seasons was just a just a dead sprint um, for everybody involved, but at the end of the day it was something that we were all we were all really proud of and so it's it's still a it's still a great venue. Still a great venue today. Uh, so we we learned a little bit about, you know, where, you know, how you got into engineering and and then obviously some of the projects you've been working on. Because we're in CEES, the National Council of Examiners for Engineering and Surveying, we're always interested in the licensure piece. Kind of tell me about your pathway to licensure and being a structural engineer in a nat nationwide uh, company probably means you're licensed in, in more than one or two jurisdictions. Sure, sure. Well, um, yeah, I got my PE license just as soon as I could um, after, after about three years of experience uh, down in Atlanta. And it's really at our, at our firm that the type of work that we do, having a license is almost non-negotiable. Um, and if you want to advance in your career, if you want to manage your own projects, if you want to own your own projects and clients, then you need to be licensed. And so that's something that I did right away. And I think that would probably be my advice to everyone is to get it done right away where a lot of, you know, while a lot of, uh, a lot of the content is still fresh in your mind, coming out of school, um, having done that kind of heavy design and engineering work for the first three or four years of my career, 
Um, you know, I don't think that we had to prepare a whole lot for the test because we had been basically studying for it for, you know, every five days a week for the last three or four years. So that I think is definitely the best time to, to take it and to get it done. You mentioned being licensed in multiple states. Yeah, you know, currently I am working on projects where I will sign and seal drawings in Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, uh, New York, Nevada, and, and maybe a couple of others. And that's, that's the nature of the work we do, um, is that if you want to specialize in sports, there's only so many sports buildings in, in one state or in one city. And if you want to specialize in that, you've got to travel. And so I would say beyond getting a license is getting the NCES record um, has been hugely successful and really critical for me to be very, to be able to very quickly get licensed in a new state whenever we're pursuing a new project. And we need to deliver a project somewhere new and we don't have anyone licensed in that state. I have the ability to get that done very quickly and very conveniently. Um, and so I think, <laughs> Kirsten probably knows better, but I, I think I'm probably licensed in 11 or 12 states now. And every one of those has been, you know, necessitated by a project that we were doing in a, in a new in a new place. And and you are a civil engineer. Do you did you specialize in structures? I mean, I know you specialize in structures from your job, but did you end up um, having to take any special exams for structural engineers, or is were your exams with the, with a civil exam? Yeah, so I've I've always taken that civil exam. I have a PE in in all of those states. I have you know I have a SE in a couple of states, but that's that was I don't know sort of grandfathered in. I suppose I didn't. I've never taken an SE exam in order to get an additional SE license. So you did study. So you studied civil engineering at Marquette, and but you furthered. So you you have a master's degree because I mentioned when you mentioned something about the three years of experience. Usually that would mean you would have. Uh, a year's experience has been grad been granted from a, a master's degree. Do you have a, a graduate degree as well? I do. I do. Right. So I, I got my bachelor's degree at Marquette University. Um, played basketball there, like I like I mentioned. Um, got my master's. That was a bachelor's of, of science in civil engineering. Then I got a master's of engineering in high performance structures at MIT. And then once I got done at MIT, I took a job at Walter P. Moore in Atlanta. I was in our Atlanta office for about six and a half, seven years, uh, transferred to our Houston office, which is our headquarters. Um, I was in Houston for about 12 years until just a couple of years ago, uh, whenever I relocated to Denver to start a new office here for Walter P. Moore. For those of us that don't know what a high performance structure is, could you give me like a dumbed down definition? Well, I just think that, you know, we studied in that program at, in, at MIT, we studied some materials and some systems that maybe weren't uh, conventional or practical at the time, and in some ways aren't conventional or practical now. We studied, you know, carbon or graphite as a building material. We studied a lot of different uh, types of base isolation systems um, that are really only used in high seismic areas. Um, I don't know what the, you know, how, how MIT would define a high performance structure, but, you know, we put a lot of stress on these buildings. The more complex they get, the farther we span, the taller we go, the more, comp the more, the more complex the geometry gets. Um, and wind and snow and earthquakes can wreak havoc on these buildings if we're not careful. So uh, I think it just means being, I think at, at MIT, you're kind of taught not necessarily conventional engineering as much as you're taught to think. You're taught to, um, you know, be comfortable stepping up to the plate and, uh, and addressing some really difficult problems, some really uh, complex challenges. And so 
Um, I think that's what that program is about. Well, when you mentioned early on about, you know, designing a, a, a building or a structure and uh, not only you're going to, you know, play some sports in there, but you're also going to have concerts and potentially musicals and plays and, and just, you know, college graduate or high, college or high school graduations, all of those things, each time you add in, I guess, another layer, it just becomes a little, little more complex. It does. It does. It adds a lot of different types of uh, structural loadings to our structure. You know, if you think about a big, a big concert now, you know, the, these shows, these touring shows, these touring acts that come, uh, they go from city to city They're you know, they're hanging lights and speakers and video boards and moving platforms and partitions that uh, can often weigh 200,000 pounds, 250,000 pounds. And we're adding that, we're hanging that directly from our roof structure. So not only designing the roof for additional capacity, but also understanding how and where those loads are going to be applied. What's important in terms of um, being able to load and unload a show quickly, right? Because you've got to turn over a building. You may have a hockey game in the afternoon and then a concert at night, and you've got that building. You've got to get that building transformed from a hockey arena to a concert venue in just a few hours. So being able to design a structure that accommodates that kind of that kind of transformation, you know, flexibility in the seating bowl. You know, we saw even 15 or 20 years ago, um, you might see buildings with uh, a focus on seating capacity. You know, let's get as many butts in the seats as we can. And now, now it's not really about capacity. These buildings keep getting smaller and smaller. I mentioned the Clippers arena is uh, 18,000 seats. There was a time when NBA and NHL arenas were all around 20,000, but now you can get away with 16, 17, 18,000 seats in a venue like that because we're designing the buildings to be flexible, to accommodate a lot of different uses, a lot of different types of premium amenities. We're getting away from suites. We're getting into a lot of clubs, uh, loge boxes, theater boxes, kind of open bar. And so designing the seating bowl to be extremely flexible for whatever our fans may want, not only now, but five years from now and 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, and this is all about maximizing the game day experience for the fan and also maximizing revenue uh, for the owner or the operator of the building. So the buildings have to be flexible. They have to have high capacity um, and you have to kind of anticipate where the trends in uh, the industry are going. Uh, concerts are really driving that, driving a lot of those trends. How do you mentor that next generation of engineers coming in? I think the advice that I give to a lot of young structural engineers is to is to pursue your passion you know to pursue the type of work that you really want to do you know don't don't pick a path because of money right away for example you know don't pick a path because you know you can work a few less hours you can make a few more dollars you need to pick something that is really satisfying really rewarding to you that you're really passionate about and that's that's how i ended up in sports and that's you know i talked to a lot of young young engineers, young um, guys, who, you know, folks who are still in college. And, you know, a lot of people have a passion for designing a specific type of project. And then they don't necessarily follow that because somebody else paid a little bit more, or had a little bit better, uh, you know, I don't know, something else. I would say in the long run, pursuing something you're really passionate about is, is, um, is the best approach and is the best way to be, uh, to be happy in your career. The, uh, you know, the money will come getting the right type of experience and the building the right type of relationships is so much more valuable early in your career. And um, so that's, that's the advice that I would, that I would give young folks who are coming into the, who are coming into the industry. 
Thank you again to Bart for joining us on the podcast today and discussing all of the fascinating projects he's involved with. And thank you to all of our listeners out there. We hope you found this episode to be extremely interesting. I know I did. If you can, please take a minute to leave us a review. This simple action can help others like yourself find and share this podcast. 